0: Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. I got up early this morning, 5 a.m., still very dark. I turned on the radio to hear the latest news chatter. I like a smattering of gunfire with my coffee. The news on the political front is both sides are even more outraged than when I went to sleep. First they were shocked, then umbrage was taken, threats were thrown. Now they are stomping the ground. On the environmental side, a piece of Antarctica has fallen into the ocean. Scientists warn that time is running out, not that time will end, but there won't be any people around to measure or spend it. When it started getting light, I went to the park with my dog. The park is up high on a slope overlooking the whole Salt Lake Valley, 20 miles long by 12 miles wide, a shallow bowl between two mountain ranges. The sky was a crowd of storm clouds that had spent their water in Nevada and were looking to disappear over Colorado. When there were clouds moving across the valley from mountain range to mountain range, the whole scene looks spherical, like a crystal ball of a beautiful idyllic city of one million people waking up to a new day. And I thought, I'm so lucky to live here with such a beautiful view. I'm so lucky to be alive. Three weeks ago, I was $8,000 in debt, and now I'm just about even because I have a podcast where my listeners send me money to produce stories about pretty much whatever I want. Three weeks ago, I asked for support, and right away the donations started coming in. $25, $50, $100 mainly from the United States, but some from all over the world, including one from Russia. And I thought, man, these people are giving me money without even knowing what I'm going to do with it. And then I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. I better get to work. So I got in my car and drove out of the city to talk to people I consider to be the other, country folk. Salt Lake City is a tiny blue island in a sea of red. Inside the city limits, we're quite liberal. For instance, we have a lesbian mayor. But beyond the city, for 500 to 800 miles in every direction, we're surrounded by Trump country. I'm talking about the entire Inner Mountain West, from Yellowstone to the Grand Canyon, from the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, across the basin and range to the Sierras in California, a huge area that I like to think of as my backyard, but when I go there, I feel like I'm an unwanted foreigner. The people who live out there are the other to me, and I am the other to them, and this bothers me. So I drove north up into Idaho looking for people to talk to at random. When you encounter the other, you can do one of three things. Fight them, wall yourself off from them, or engage in a dialogue. I'm a talker. I like to listen because listening dissolves fear. One caveat this all happened before the transcript came out of Trump's call to Ukrainian President Zelensky, so that wasn't on the menu. Okay, I'm just going to stand over here to block the wind a little bit because it makes a difference. But well, could you tell me your name? Timothy. And where are we now?
1: Lava Hot Springs, Idaho.
0: You're from Tennessee, you said? Mm hmm. Why did you come here?
1: The Springs, Hot
0: Springs. Oh. Are you at Hot Springs aficionando? No. Did you know a lot of different places around to go? No. So are you on vacation?
1: No. I, I, uh, as, as you asked me earlier, that's my border collie. And uh, I came up here from Carbondale, Colorado, to uh, the National Sheepdog Dog Finals. And she's a working dog. And she works sheep. Yeah? See? It works. And they're out yeah. there, if they're out there 600 yards and you're working sheep, they can't hear you. This is what works. Huh. And sometimes in heavy wind, they can't even hear this because of the wind. But you're going to have to, eventually, you have to work them with whistles at a distance.
0: Well, so are you, do you follow politics? Do you follow the news I'm,
1: at all? I, I mean, how do you avoid it? If you watch TV, you're listening to radio, you know? You can't avoid it at all, you know?
0: Are you... Concerned about anything that's going
1: on now? Oh uh, yeah, corruption, not only in with Congress and special interests and
0: they power t- corrupts.
1: Yeah, absolute power corrupts. Checks and balances—that's our system, but it's it's way out of whack. You know. You don't like Trump necessarily? No, I, I think he's guilty of everything they're saying. I think he's an adulterer. I think he's a liar. I think he's a fornicator, and. Uh, He's just a plain old sinner. Anything he worships money. You know, the end. the end justifies the means. And it's not gonna be that way when you die, you know.
0: Do you have any friends you can't talk to because of politics? They have different political views? No. Is that a problem for you?
1: Mm mm. No usually don't talk about politics ever, you know.
0: Do you not talk about politics because if you did there might be arguments? Or you think it's not polite or
1: No. It just it's never comes up. The, the, the circles I run in, we just—you know—I listen, and it's better not to talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, just heated argument if you give your real opinion and view. You uh, know, uh, some people are just so fanatical about it. You know, well, I'm just speaking from a from a Christian point of view. There are absolutes and truth, and a lot of people don't believe that. And, and America is just divided in every respect, anyway. It's just, what do you think is an absolute? Uh, right to life. Uh, uh, abortion, I mean, there's a big difference. you know. A, mo- a woman that believes that abortion is all right, she has a right to her own body, but I don't, I don't believe that. I believe there's a moral absolute of murder. Life starts at conception, and that's an argument, so I just stay out of it. It's just my belief. I mean, children are a, children are a blessing
0: from God, you know? That's a hard one to talk about with people. Well, yeah, sure, it's sure. A really, I don't sure. think it'll ever be easy to Yeah, it's that's It's like irreconcilable. You know,
1: we won't listen to each other. We won't, we just won't listen. They cut you off, and they get upset, and they get belligerent. And, they, you know, it's just out of control, and, and it's
0: just not right. What's happening? So, you have more conservative views. Across the border, or is it just I, yeah, on the abortion? Would. I or, guess you could say that. Because you you have a religious conversion sometime in your life. Oh uh, yeah, I did. Like a born again type mm-hmm. thing. It's a it's, it's a. It's a real thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But a lot of people don't believe it because they're not like I'm. Well, they real.
1: they've never really been convicted of of the what's in their soul. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a soul conviction,
0: a born oh. again experience. Okay, what do you mean by soul conviction?
1: Well, everybody's a sinner.
0: Like how? What do you,
1: Well, you're breaking the moral law. I mean, have you ever lied? The ninth commandment. Have you ever lusted? The tenth commandment. Have you always kept the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Nobody has. You know, there's nobody
0: good. There's nobody good. Well, that's what Jesus said. He did say that? Yeah. You know the story where he's drawing in the dirt, and then the rabbis come in and try to get him? It's like, you're with this woman. She's a prostitute. We have to stone her. Mm-hmm. Do you know that story? Mm-hmm.
1: That's in chapter 8 of John. Uh, so
0: what's he writing in the dirt? I, I, <laughs> because they never say what he's... he's drawing yeah, in the dirt. What's you know, I've what thought about
1: doing? that very thing. He, the, he, he knelt down and he wrote, probably passing his father. What what do you want me to say? And what did he get up and say?
0: He said, whoever's not sinned.
1: Right. Throw the first stone. He was out sinned. Throw the first stone. Well, they brought that brought deep conviction when he said that. Because nobody's without sin. And and
0: then he told the woman, you know, go and sin no more. Try right? not to do it again. Yeah. Do you think that Jesus had anything to do with the Constitution of the United States? Through men. Through men. John Adams being one. They came over here to to
1: flee religious persecution okay. to begin with. Okay. Yeah a man that's long before the, the but the I think that
0: they were people who didn't want to have God associated with the government that they were deists they wanted there were
1: yeah you're right they were unbelievers
0: but yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that there's a religious significance in the creation of the United States that God had anything to do with it
1: well, he if blesses, he were,
0: I don't think he blesses this country above any others
1: no God shows partiality to no man or no nation I agree with that yeah.
0: So, do you think that that's the separation, it's a religious separation between people in the United States, like there are believers in Christ and they're conservative and then they're atheists or agnostics and they're liberal? you think that's the dividing line? Yeah, there's a dividing line.
1: Either you believe or you don't believe. It's pretty simple about anything. you like we're getting back to truth. What's, what do I think is truth And about certain things? What somebody else thinks. And if they don't believe
0: like I believe, do you think it's possible to get along, these two sides, the believers and the non-believers? I think
1: if you're truly a Christian, yes.
0: If you're not, no. Okay, like how? Like, like
1: Muslims. Uh, I, I, I know Muslims, okay. uh, and they don't condemn me for what I believe, and I'm not going to condemn them, even though I believe their way is wrong. And when they die, what happens you know, to a man or a woman that doesn't put their faith in Christ...
0: So do you think we can live in the same country together? Yeah, that's what this
1: country was all about from the beginning. Uh, if you read what Teddy Roosevelt wrote in 1907 concerned immigration, he said it right, on, right, right at point. What? You know, well, any, we welcome all people from all walks of life, but when you come here and you want to become a citizen of America, you assimilate into us. You become an American to our laws and our, and our system. And if you don't accept that fact and you call yourself anything but an American, you're not really an American.
0: What do you think should be done about the people coming across the southern border? Or the I believe
1: immigration? in immigration, legal immigration. Uh, the system that we have is is totally broken. <laughs> I mean, you don't know who's coming in. You don't know if the way diseases are around the world and. Stuff like that—you just don't know who's coming in. I—I I, I believe that most of them probably are coming here for a good, good reason. You know, there's got to be a better system to get them in here, let them come here, and screen them. And a lot of them have no paperwork. They don't—you know—they come from a country that's third world, and—and and I know people that that are retired from the police department in Memphis and people that work in the border patrol uh, on the southern border, and they found Middle Eastern material in the desert where Middle Eastern people are coming across. You don't know if they're terrorists or not. You know, they want to do America harm, some people. But to just open the borders, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing.
0: So you feel pretty good in general, though? Yeah, I, about- I have, I have, have no
1: fear. fear, I have no fear of anything. The only person I fear is God, and, that, and that's a good fear. Because if you don't fear God, anything goes.
0: It's not easy for me to walk up to people and ask if I can talk to them for my podcast. I'm afraid they might think I'm a fool or an idiot or be suspicious of the whole thing, fake news, etc. But on this trip, more often than not, other people came up to me and wanted to talk. For instance, I was on the street recording ambience with my microphone out, and a guy said, Hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to talk to people about how hard it is to talk to people because of the cultural divide. And he knew exactly what I was saying and wanted to talk about it. Uh, my name's Jason James. We're in uh, Lava Hot
2: Springs, Idaho. Do you live
0: here?
2: Actually, uh, I live here just part-time. Huh. Um, the, other, the other time I live in Idaho Falls.
0: What do
2: you do here? Uh Well, I'm a musician currently, and... Uh, uh, we have a little production company, and we just do, just do little shows here and there. Everything from pop to rock to uh, outlaw soul, that's my genre. But uh, I'm a writer and producer, so I produce several genres. And I'm going to tell you, uh, being, being half Mexican, I've always identified as a, as a Hispanic person. Uh, mainly because I think in Spanish a lot. I don't look brown, but growing up, I didn't really know that. And so, when uh, Donald Trump was elected, it what it did for me is brought the world to my doorstep, really. Um, even musically, I had a song, <laughs> I had a song called "Redneck Lullaby" that I was getting ready to release, and uh, all the hate that followed was bizarre. And uh, I didn't release the song. It it made me take a look at my own views and what I would represent as a human. And honestly, the hate from the Hispanic community, I think, has been the most atrocious to me.
0: What did you say to offend people?
2: Um, There wasn't really anything offensive about the song. I just was singing about, you know, I was an Idaho redneck, being a redneck or redneck lullaby. And it just made me, made me feel like that I can't claim Redneck. I'm not from the South. Uh, I don't have any heritage in the South to own that kind of a title.
0: So Have you had any problems with your friends or family getting into discussions that are like political and you realize you're completely different? Oh, not a problem.
2: Yes, um, you know, many times, in, in our area, everything is so conservative. Uh, so pro Trump that really myself I don't really talk about, you know, my political views that much. Um, I I quit posting anything online or anything like that. You know, like you know, you're you're asking me, I'll talk about it, but I don't make it a I don't make it a thing. You Hope know, to talk about. yeah, it's just it, the the divide is is just uh, is bizarro, and after now after having had all this come to my doorstep you know I, I personally feel like I'm right down the middle with it um,
0: like how, for instance,
2: like, how in the middle? like how I'm in the middle is, is I think they should uh, take uh, all the illegals back to where they went where everybody yeah where they come from and they do, humanely obviously right. but they should fine everybody that gave them a job massively because our problem isn't the immigrants, it's greedy Americans, and that's a fact. So a Hispanic comes here, he's got no, no right to sue anybody, no rights for anything, and he goes to work for a farmer. And I, I myself was a slave on a dairy farm, so I, I, I seen this. They have no conscience.
0: The
2: fire, the fire. A lot of farmers. I'm not saying all of them, but I, I witnessed it. You know, so they come here and they they will work for less. They do work for less. And so then anybody else with brown skin is expected to work for less as well. And that's a fact. So, and the other thing is, is we don't know who's coming across the border. You know, I've seen the the type of people. A lot of them are not who we would, we would want here. So we need immigration, but we, we should just know who's coming across and 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 that's I don't think that's you know myself I think that's probably right down the line right down the middle of what's going on with how everybody feels
0: well when you talk to your friends who are like on one side or the other
2: there's no movement
0: okay so there's
2: no movement they're either on one side or the other The, the hate right now is just immense you know, the hate for Mexicans, uh the hate Mexicans have for, for for white people. You know, I've tried to talk to Hispanics and they act like you don't even exist. They won't even talk to you. Hispanics are a very hating culture themselves, you know. They hate Chicanos, you know, they they hate rich people, they hate you know, and, and myself I just think it's because of a poor a poor spirit will follow for generations, you know, like like my family. I feel like I feel like I'm still trying to wash some of that poor spirit away somehow. You
0: what know? do you mean by a poor spirit?
2: Well, okay, so you grow up in a country that you eat meat maybe once a week if you're lucky. And you just you have you have nothing and and you see people that are rich and the and the divide is massive. They bring a poor spirit with them from that hardcore poverty and it and it takes generations to get to to leave to leave or to to go away so you know if a person's fat they have more than you and you don't like them and that's just things i was overtly taught as a child from my hispanic family you know
0: that person is heavy
2: yeah if they're fat you're gonna you're gonna attack them and not
0: like them they, because they're rich They have more than you. Yeah, they're they have rich.: more than you. Yeah. Wow. It used to be back in the old days that people would fly the American flag on their front porches on the Fourth of July, maybe Memorial Day, to show respect for the occasion. But now, in small towns around the West, you'll see a lot of houses with flags outside every day, like they never take them down maybe to ward off evil spirits, or I don't know, but I suspect these houses have lots of guns and ammo inside. I was driving through one of these neighborhoods, one with a lot of flags, looking for someone to talk to, and there was a guy standing out in his driveway, and he waved at me. So I stopped and told him I'm the producer of a liberal podcast, probably none of my listeners voted for Trump, would he mind answering some questions for my show? And he said he'd be glad to help. Okay, so could you tell me your name and where we are now?
3: And where what? Where we are. My name's Byron Jones. We're in Preston, Idaho.
0: And you went to Vietnam twice, you said? I was a helicopter pilot.
3: And uh, did a couple of tours over there.
0: What years were you there?
3: Oh, Lord, 60... Went the first time in 68, right after Tet, and then I came back and went to instructor school for flying for a year. I guess I went back in 70, 71. Was it a lot different? uh, Yeah, it was a lot different from the standpoint of when I went over there the first time, you could uh, get court-martialed for using a little marijuana. When I got over there the second time, marijuana was old hat. They were into heroin and I mean, our guys—it <laughs> was—it wasn't great. From plus, we all knew we were not going to win. We were the politicians were not going to let us win that war, and so people were not happy about
0: that. <laughs> you think we could have won that war? You think? Well, I mean, sure
3: we could have. I mean, depends killing. on we awesome. we'd, we'd have pulled out all the stops and let the generals do what they wanted. We'd have won it. But
0: okay, let me ask you this: Do you think in the United States there's an us and them in this country? Do you feel like? Like when you were in Vietnam, obviously, us and them, the others were the North. Well, enemy is different than your own people. (laughs) Okay, Do do you think in the United States we have, do you feel like you have enemies in the United States, you personally? Oh,
3: absolutely. Who are your enemies? They're not, well, I don't want to sound racist particularly, but I'm really scared of what the Muslims are trying to accomplish just because, They've said it so many times. It's in their publications, it's in their books, it's in their teachings, it's in some of their mosques. Their goal is to take over and put us all under Sharia law, period. They say it over and over and over and nobody wants to hear it. And they're breeding at a rapid rate in a very intentional way of taking over the world and putting Sharia law in place.
0: And it says right
3: in their book, if you don't convert, they're supposed to kill you. That's not a happy thought. Do you know any Muslims? Oh, I know a lot. A couple of them are friends.
0: But do, but they don't. Do you think they, they
3: want to? They claim they're peaceful Muslims, and I believe them because I know them personally. But I've also read the Quran.
0: But there's a lot of things in the Bible yeah, that yeah. it says, and we don't really follow them, or we don't really believe the things. So maybe maybe they don't all believe that those things. I'm sure that's
3: them. true. I mean, the ones that are good Christian, or not Christian, but good, peaceful people, but... The Sharia law, they still have to, if they can't go to a Muslim church or whatever they call it, they can't go there without having to say that we agree with this stuff. And what they're agreeing with is absolute subjugation of women, genital mutilation, killing them if they dishonor the family. I mean, if a woman gets raped over there, it's her fault and they punish her. And then they find out it was her uncle or
0: something. I mean, it's absurd. I've been there, I've seen it, but it doesn't happen all the time. And, not, and I don't think most Muslims believe in the world caliphate. That's what they call it when they take over, yes, right? And I do. And yeah. I, don't, I think well, that's a I'm, small I'm percentage sure of most them. Most
3: American Muslims may not, but most. I wouldn't say most Muslims because they're in Japan, they're, they're in South America now, they're all over the place. They're spreading like crazy, and they're doing it on purpose because their goal is to eventually get, right now, they've even said, get enough people elected to Congress, they'll start taking over. I mean, there are already whole sections of cities that are under Sharia law. Here? In the United States, no, there no, are places no, no, where the no. cops won't go into a certain neighborhood—they're no. scared to no. death to go in there—so that Muslims just run their neighborhood that way they want. Where yeah. do you
0: where? I,
3: well, I've heard of two of them in California. I don't—I'm hmm. my memory is not great. I can't quote stuff, but I write things down and try to remember them. Talk to my wife about them. Talk to other people about them.
0: But well, what um, do you do, what do you think should be done to stop that danger or to try to prevent too it?
3: Many, too many things, and I don't think it's going to happen. We need to get back to a Christian country. I mean. Not so much Christian, it's just going to church and believing in the, the things that are taught in church about the way to act and the way to treat your neighbor.
0: Well, what do you think about health care, then, or single-payer health care? I hate it. Why? I mean, because...
3: It's government, it's socialism, it's taking over something that's educa- none of the government's business.
0: Education is social, police departments are social. Mm, no, they're just, social.
3: A, they're just a community taking care of themselves.
0: But well, can't we take care of our the people who are sick? And are Not kids? with my money. But they're sick. They need
3: help. I don't care. um, The world's full of sick people. It's not my job to go take care of them all. There's billions of sick people out there. Just because they live 100 miles from me instead of 2,000 miles from me doesn't make a bit of difference to me. I mean, the churches are for that. And welfare organizations. I mean, there are billions of people in this world that live to help other people. And I don't mind helping other people. I just don't want the government taking a wad of my money to help somebody I never heard of and don't know that doesn't live anywhere near me and doesn't do anything for my community. They don't help anything. They don't build anything. They just suck off of my money. They didn't earn it. They're not entitled. Just because they're sick doesn't mean that the whole rest of the world's got to go bankrupt to help them get some medical attention.
0: Okay, so how do you know the difference between us and them? Where Do you, do you know where that line is? Can you yeah, differentiate? that's called
3: citizenship. Period. That's us. It's our country. We built it. Took it away from the Indians. But we built it. <laughs> but they were Stone Age culture they would you know i mean we that's what happens in the world you know people with a little more modern stuff come take over build everything up and we built it into the greatest country that's ever been on the face of the earth because we are a republic
0: i understand byron's point we are not responsible for them those other people but i don't want to live like that building walls because it makes the world small i want to move freely travel freely especially on my home turf, and when I encounter the other, I don't want to fight or build walls. I want to have a conversation that closes the distance between us and them, just for practice, the practice of liberty. Trump, our president, has been saying there will be a civil war if he is impeached. This, to me, sounds like a line from a comic book but I know there are others all around me who are thinking they should buy some more ammo. So I'm gonna go back out there and drive around and talk to people at random for practice. Maybe I'll go south this time. I'd like to thank Christy Jones for riding shotgun, and thanks to Erica Heilman and Barrett Golding and Jesse Carrier for some advice Thanks to Alice Carrier for making the t-shirts, patches, and tote bags and shipping them out. And thank you very much for your support. I really couldn't do this without you.